Thank you, Gloria. I'd like to welcome you all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you praying for me so I can make it today? It's good to be in church, right? There's no better place than being in the presence of God. You know, with respect to many people who work in the insurance industry, I'd like to say there is an insurance company who has captivated the world with a slogan. And uh, that slogan is, you are in good hands. Do you see it? And, uh, and lately, the guy sits in the middle of the streets and said, you are in good hands. And as if challenging me, OK, hit me if you can. But anyway, <laughs> this, statement, this statement attracts many people. For there is within every human being the need and desire for security, yes? People want their houses, their cars, their lives, and they'd love to be protected, period. But Jesus made a better security statement than all the insurance companies put together. And this statement is found in John 10, would you open with me? John 10. Verses 27 through 29. I want to read it to you. Verses 27 through 29. The Bible says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, and no one shall snatch them out of my hand. What do you say to that? My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. For I and the Father are one. What a claim. What a graphic illustration of the security of his people. Resting, there is no better place than resting in the hands of God. Do you agree with that? You don't have to pay anything for this insurance at all. Also, you can never lose it. And its privileges are from here to eternity. And my question for each and every one today. 
Are you in God's hands? And what does it take to place ourselves in God's hands? There are more reasons than just the security. And today, we're going to look at three points. The very first one, when you place yourselves in God's hand, he will make you a new person. He will make you a new person. In other, in other words, he'll create a new heart in you. There was time, and I hope you do agree with me, there was time when we were not in God's hands. Each one of us was living outside the fold, if you will please. We thought that we can manage our own lives and live as we please rather than God wants us to live. We were like rebellious people, like a rebellious sheep looking for greener pastures outside the fold. And that sheep strayed, and we have strayed away only to find that we were alienating our Creator. We're abandoning everything to follow our own desires. And we found ourselves broken, hopeless, abusing the gift of God to us, and living a life in shambles. But then one day, one day we responded to Jesus' call. And a great work began within our hearts. And let me address any person who does not know the salvation of the Lord or doesn't have that peace with God yet. A person who's still living his own way, living in the world, doing his own thing or her own thing. Let me address that. The Lord this morning, we're still in the morning, we need five minutes. The Lord is still knocking at the door of your heart. He says, if anyone hears my voice, I am standing at the door and knocking, knocking at your heart. If anyone hears my voice, I will come in, have a good dinner with him, and sup with him, and he with me. This is where the Lord is outside your heart, knocking at your heart. He wants to come in. He wants to make you a new person. He wants to make you a new woman, a new man. And he wants to come in and have fellowship with you. He created you and he wanted you the way you are. And don't say, well, I'll wait till I get better. You know what? We cannot get any better by ourselves. The only one who makes us better is the Lord Jesus Christ, period.
period. And if he, then he takes you and molds you and changes you. And the Bible says, hear what, what will happen. If any man is in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, everything has become new. Don't say, I wait, I want to correct few things. I am a great sinner. I have, I have made every, every imaginable sin in my life. I want to clean myself and come to Christ. Don't do that. Don't think that no one can clean himself or herself. Only, the only one who can clean you is the Lord Jesus Christ. Period. Nothing else. London, a London businessman... Lindsay Clegg, true story, told the story of a warehouse property he was selling. The building had been empty for months and needed repairs. The doors were damaged, the windows all smashed, trash was all over the place, and he, he wanted to show it to buyers, prospective buyers. So he took, took paint. One day, a buyer came. He says, is this for sale? He says, yes. He took paint to say to the buyer that he would replace the broken windows. He would bring a new uh, crew to correct and clean all structural damage and take away the garbage and make it a clean place so he can sell it to that buyer. The buyer said, forget about repairs. When I buy this place, I'm going to build something completely different. I don't want the building, I want the site. My dear friend, the Lord doesn't want what you built. He wants the site. He wants you, and he will rebuild you. This is what he does when we put ourselves in his hands. Oh, wait. I want... To renovate, well, go renovate the kitchen. You cannot renovate yourself at all. Renovate what? God's message to us. All the renovation that man had in his mind and the efforts to prove his life are trivial, like sweeping a warehouse slated for the rocking ball, period. When God takes you in his hands, the old life is over. He makes all things new. All he wants is the sight and a permission to build. Would you? Would you let him build you? Would you let him change you? I'm speaking to someone who doesn't know God yet as his savior. Would you let him? Would you throw yourself in his hands? 
And believe me, I tell you one thing, after my own experience and the experience of millions of people who have accepted the Lord as their Savior and living a Christian life, that we are in good hands. Wouldn't you say that? Then you will be in good hands. Then you will enjoy life. Oh, let's give him the property, and he will do the necessary building. Are you willing? Men and women, please do not disregard this call from the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can come with many excuses, as I said before. Let me, let me do some cleaning up, and then I will come, at least I will come to the Lord to change me and save me. That, no, you don't. But no one thing, these are excuses that will never materialize. God specializes, I have news for you, in any condition. In things called impossible, he can do things others cannot do. Are you, my question to you, are you in good hands? The next thing he does, he says, he'll take you in. He says, I want to use you. I want to use you. God wants people working in his field. He will not leave you alone. God does not only save you. He, in he intends to change your life and use you for his own purpose. You know, we do not enter into a relationship with God and sit down, sit down and wait for the judgment day. This is not God's plan for you and me. God's plan is to use you, to make you a good worker in his field, in his church, at work, wherever you are, he wants to use you. God wants us to be useful. He doesn't want you to sit idle. And you can say, but who am I? What can I do? I cannot preach. I'm not saying God wants you to preach. Can you tell the world what God has done in your life? Does it need preparation? Does it need to write two, three pages? Does it need a message? No. Just give him your life and tell the people what happened. Be natural. Be normal. And he wants to use you. Amazingly, God chooses the weak people to use. What does the Bible say in 1 Corinthians? It says, here it is, God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. God can do things in your lives. Just be patient. Just sit and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? This is, how, this is how you start. This is how God starts when you sit down. Say, Lord, I 
want you to use me. I want to grow. I want you to do anything you want with me. Are you willing to surrender that? Are you willing to follow him and surrender your life completely so he can use you? He will find a slot for you. He will find anything to make you useful in his service and in this life. He will use you with your family. He'll use you with your friend. He'll use you at school. He'll use you at, at the working place. He will use you anywhere. As I said, he's not calling for us to, all, to be all preachers and all teachers. No, no. And all leaders. God will give you something that fits your gift. And he will take good care of you because you are now in his own hands. You know, when Moses was growing, he grew up, and one day he was visiting his brothers. He was a prince. And you know, he, he saw them ill-treated and killed one of the Egyptians because he says, I am here. I wanted, I, I'm here to save them. You know, this act by himself without God, costed him 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years he ran away in the wilderness before God started using him according to his will. So we are asked, saved, sit down. Enjoy your salvation and ask God to make you a useful person in his church. Amen. Do not be hasty. Do not be impatient. Just enjoy the salvation that you have. That's what God wants to do. Well, what pushed Moses, pushed his, shall we say, panic button, is just not waiting for God to use him in the right place. And later on, God used him to become one of the greatest leaders that the world has seen. Remember, God has wonderful hands, and you are in good hands. My last word, and God also, in his hands, he will keep you forever. Some people call it eternal security. Well, you are now secured as long as you keep yourself in God's hands. After we open our lives to God in faith, our security depends now not on ourselves, on God. You know what I pray every day? I said, Lord, I'm in your hands. I give him the responsibility. He is responsible for me. I'm not responsible for myself. Why? Because I'm he, his son. I'm his child. You are his child, and he cares for his child. And now, what did he say? He says, my sheep hear my voice. 
and they will never perish. They'll never perish. He will not save you to perish you. He is, you are in the hands of the greatest, the mighty God. And no one can, he says, in my book says, no one can pluck them out of my hands. Isn't that better security than any insurance company with regards? Barb, I'm not against insurance, but may God bless you. <laughs> you know, yeah, keep, keep selling and keep, we, we insure our homes, we insure our, okay. But the point of it is, there, there are more insurance in the hands of God than any other. And there's no deductible. There is nothing that can pluck you out of his hands. And Paul, writing to Timothy, he said, Timothy, stay with me. Stay with the Lord. Keep yourselves in his hands. For I know, 2 Timothy 1.12, so you can read it. For I know, I know Timothy whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him again, against the day. Until then, when we get to heaven, you don't need any more security. You are in the house of God. And you're there protected. Actually, your protection started the day you give him your life. The day you trusted him with your life. And this is a place where you are secured forever. That's what, that's a star. In God's hands also, you will grow. There's growth. And he's a safe refuge. When we are in trouble, what do we say? Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Right? And how many times his mercy and his arms engulfed us. And he puts your arms around us. And then he honors his words. No one can touch you because it says, the Bible says, he who touches you touches what? The apple of my eye. Is there more security than that? You know what he says also in Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 27? The eternal God is a dwelling place. Can someone tell me what's dwelling? Abiding place, right? Uh, refuge is a refuge place, a place where we run for refuge from the enemy and more and more. And underneath are the everlasting arms. Are you in good hands? Charles Persian once asked, do you believe in the perse perseverance of the saints? One of his parishioners came to him. 
He replied, no, but I believe in the perseverance of the Savior. It's not our faith in ourselves. Oh, ourselves. Forget it. Our faith, our life, our security, our present, our future is in the hands of the Lord. I leave you with these words. In Philippians 1.6, Paul writing to the church at Philippi, I am confident, sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Are you secured? Let me tell you, I have good news for you today. You are in good hands the hands of the Savior. If you are outside the fold, if you're not in his hands, I'm afraid you're in danger. Run to Jesus. Come to him. Give him your life. Tell him, take over. I am tired. All the young people today and the more matured ones I ask you, that's the best thing we can do, is to place ourselves in God's hands, blindly, unconditionally, come to him, and he will change your life. And I can tell you one thing, then you can say, I am in good hands. That's why I said our hearts. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your plan for us to change us, to use us, and to have us be with you forever and ever. We sure can say we are in good hands. If there's anyone here this afternoon who would love to come to you and place his life. We know very well, Lord, that you can change her, you can change him. That person will be a new creation because this is what you do in our lives. So speak to each and every person through the Holy Spirit and may we not leave this place as we came, but it changed people. Bless us as we continue the day with our families and go out for our own businesses. We pray, Lord, that whatever we do, wherever we go, we know we need to please you and we need to stay in your hands. Dismiss us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. The meeting is over. We're supposed to leave the place here at quarter to one, so please, uh, we have about half an hour for fellowship. You can have fellowship 
and make sure we vacate the place at quarter to one. God bless you and be with you.